I like this music better. It's fun. Well, hey, Brandon. Good morning. It's nice to see you again. It is. I'm trying not to banter. Just trying to be very professional here. It's good. You should be professional for once. It's weird to be professional in a room when it's just you and me. Um, it feels feels a little bit odd. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of feels, hey, we're going to talk about the feels today. <laughs> all the feels. Uh, all of the feels. <laughs> uh, we are going to uh, we're going to get into the emotions of God. Mm. Now, we had a little preliminary conversation, but before we started recording on um, uh, just touching on the doctrine of divine impassibility. Yes. Right? So tell us what that means, Keith. Well, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bring it down to this. Uh, when we get into things like systematic theology, so as we're talking about the emotions of God today, there are some, when we talk about the character and the nature of God, it gets really dicey. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're a, a hardcore systematic theologian, just understand there are things that we're trying to, trying to accomplish in this podcast that you may not be receiving that way <laughs> as you're as you're putting running it through your systematic theology filter. Um, there's you know God is not a man, which yes. is very was very clear, right? So we have to we we do have to start with the the. Um, uh, the preliminary, uh, we're getting ahead of this by saying, we understand God is not a man. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the emotions of God, you might say, well, any emotions that are described in Scripture are anthropomorphisms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. things that we just don't understand. That may be true to an extent. However, when we're talking about the, the emotions of God, we are going off of the biblical record, yes. right? And so you, you said yeah. that sometimes the, the tail wags the dog, right? Yeah. So sometimes our, our pre-commitments to systematic theology actually negatively affect our, our uh, biblical our interpretation of Scripture. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we always have to be careful. And this is, this is just a really good um, reminder for everybody who's listening. Our goal is always, right, the name of the podcast is in context. So we want to always make sure that we're using the biblical record, we're using mm-hmm. God's word to inform our conversations and yeah. opinions. That does not mean that we don't do systematic theology as we go, but it does it does mean that far and above everything else, we want to make sure that our systematic theology is, of course, in line biblically mm-hmm. how and and you know taken from the biblical record however there are going to be times where we should be able to have conversations in yeah. which we enter into things saying well this is what the bible says how should we interact with this yeah both from a systematic theology perspective yeah. but also from just from a human perspective yeah. an interpretation mm-hmm. perspective like why would god put this in the biblical record yeah. if we're not supposed to interact with it as human beings yeah and so Absolutely. that's that's the danger for us is always to um, coldly and callously back away from the Bible mm-hmm. in order to run it through our filters so that then we can receive it, uh, I'd say, cleaner or less invasive, right? And, and we don't We're really just tidier, you know. Tidier, right? Yeah, yeah. We almost jump to, to defend God before we even yeah, understand yeah. exactly what we're trying to talk about when we're talking about what he said about himself, yeah. right? So why are we talking about emotions of well, God? We're, t- we're talking about the emotions of God. We're just going to interview you today. That's no, how this is going to work. Do that. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the emotions of God because we're going through the book of John, mm-hmm. and we our stop-off this, this past week was in John chapter 11, which is Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we see happening here is is more than just... 
I, this sounds weird to say. It's more than just Jesus raising his dead friend back to life. Um, what we also get here is the shortest verse in Scripture. Come on. Jesus wept. Come on. That was the easy one to memorize. If oh, that's you were the one I always teenager. Pick, you know, when you're assigned, <laughs> you have to memorize a verse of Scripture. Jesus wept. Here we go. It's my life verse. Uh, <laughs> it might be my life verse. <laughs> it some might of the, be some your of the life decisions verse. I made in my 20s. My, uh, but um, <laughs> I digress. Um, but uh, what we see in this passage is Jesus really kind of running the gamut of emotions. Yeah. Right? You get a real unique window into the heart of Jesus here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, both in terms of how he interacts with people in different ways, and we right. talked a little bit about that on Sunday, but mm-hmm. but as you mentioned, uh, his emotions, like uh, I think you, there's an obvious one I spent some time talking yeah, about right. um, how he was deeply moved, but you were pointing out a couple of other examples earlier in the chapter. Yeah, 14, verse 14, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Right. Yeah, so there's there's a gladness in in, in his, over the situation, um, which is weird because the situation is, you know, what we get to is well, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died, <laughs> and his response is, yeah, I'm actually glad I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, because what what's going to happen is way better for you than you think it is. Yes, right? yes, yeah. His weeping is an obvious one. Yep. He is moved with emotion. Yep. Uh, that emotion that that moves him to tears yep. is is understood by the onlookers as his love, um, which I think is an accurate interpretation. The one that's uh, particularly eye-opening is mm. is verse thirty-three and verse mm-hmm. thirty-eight. There's a word. Um, uh, is verse thirty-three when Jesus saw her weeping. Uh, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And I, I made the comment Sunday, the same words used in verse 38, that mm-hmm. deeply moved is kind of a polite rendering of that. I mean, the, you know, the your kind of critical Greek dictionary uh, or lexicon, uh, BDAG, will include that as one of the options, but it's really... The vast majority of commentators, in fact, every commentator I looked at among like eight or so commentaries, mm-hmm. uh, really think that's m- that's way too soft. Yeah. Um, because typically the word means something like uh, warning sternly or or an expression of anger or mm-hmm. displeasure, scolding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so it's only you that word itself is only used five times in the New Testament, right. but it has other. You know, critic. Uh, excuse me. Other classical uses right. uh, outside of the New Testament, and so on. It's related to a word for bellowing. Yep. Another yep. word for ferocious. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a nice no. feeling. It's not a pleasant emotion. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like the Holman Christian Standard, uh, is because this particular passage, like even this week when we were reading through it, you know, uh, when Jesus saw her, thirty-three. When Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying. He was angry in his spirit and deeply moved. Angry in his spirit. And that really is probably the best translation of that. And then 38 says, uh, then Jesus, angry in himself again, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. came to the tomb. Yeah, so bellowing with anger, Mm -hmm. uh, boiling, outraged in spirit. Those Mm -hmm. are some of the translations that folks... and, And of course... That creates a conundrum in the passage. What's Jesus angry about? Right. Like, is he angry at Mary uh, for being grieving, right. and, and or for grieving? Is he angry at the crowds? Is you know? And some some have suggested that that it would not be out of place for Jesus to be angry at their unbelief. Mm-hmm. 
That's old. That's backed up in the Old Testament. Yeah, and, and, so and, I can and he certainly that, yeah. can be. In this situation, I'm not convinced he's angry at their grief right. and unbelief. Right. They still don't. Even though Jesus has just said to Martha, for instance, I am the resurrection. Your mm-hmm. brother's going to rise again. He mm-hmm. knows they don't really yet have a category for what he's about to do. Right. So I don't, I don't see it as angry at them, but angry at death, mm-hmm. at the cause of death, at, at sin, the first place, yeah. at its effects on this family, mm-hmm. especially when that anger is matched with the grief of weeping with them, mm-hmm. entering into their grief. All of this is very emotional, yeah. um, so from anger to sadness to... And, and so you just get this really intimate picture of the heart of Christ mm-hmm. for his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it having seeing Jesus like this um, can make us uncomfortable because then it begs the question like okay so to what degree mm-hmm. do we attribute these emotions to his divinity or what degree do we attribute these emotions to his humanity mm-hmm. but this is where again the reason we did the preemptive strike on the podcast was <laughs> what this gets into a lot is is even the heart of the, the trinity the yeah. incarnation like when we talk about the emotions of God, why is it so many times we we really don't want to enter in? We're very mm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're okay with anger in the in the concept of the Old Testament anger. Uh, you know, God is angry; He's wrathful, and mm-hmm. like we're most conservative, you know, Bible people will get on board <laughs> with that. We're much more uncomfortable with. Jesus being angry when we don't have a direct attribution other than mm. like either you have to you have to kind of um, work with the context a little bit like yes, you said absolutely. it's not it's it not tell absolutely us what apparent it mm-hmm. doesn't really tell us he just tells us that he was angry mm-hmm. so then there's this uncomfortability that we have where it's like okay well Jesus was without sin but anger feels some a lot like when we because most of the time it, when sinful. we're angry we are sinning <laughs> right? right I mean right. we we don't have very many experiences of a truly righteous anger in our fallen states right or how many times how many times do we deal with sadness like you're sinful if you're sad Mm. i mean really like i'm sad because this didn't work out well you better get glad yeah joy is a command to say you better get glad in the same pants you got sad in like it's (laughs) but there is this concept that um emotions in and of themselves are rooted in some sort of sinful distrust Mm. or disappointment with god so I how that's like a Western thing, I, you know? Yeah, maybe. I guess it's, it's interesting because yeah, but because you're right. Like there's this stoic expectation, yeah. I think, in in certain traditions or certain cultures where we're just afraid of that, and and maybe it's because emotions feel out of control for some of us, and we like control. Oh, 100 percent. Um, yeah. but yeah, it is interesting. And you know, we wouldn't be wrong to say, we wouldn't be wrong to say that in a lot of cases. That is where they're coming from. Mm. I, I'm very, very seldom ri- absolutely righteously angry. <laughs> I am cantankerously angry, <laughs> right? I am uh, unnecessarily angry with small things or sad that things didn't work out the way that I wanted to. So I do think it would be, I mean, it's warranted for us to be nervous about the way that we feel emotions. Mm-hmm. However, we do, this is, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because we do have to deal with the fact yeah. that Jesus in real time mm-hmm. in the biblical record yeah. is expressing 
emotion. Emotion. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's a little And as you know, as we were talking before the podcast, um, he's not alone in that. No, right. You see the Lord in the Old Testament mm-hmm. expressing emotion. Oh, for sure. And and so it is a real thing that that yeah, we need to be comfortable both exploring and recognizing um and and again i think some of the hesitancy too for for some folks who who are hesitant to consider god truly expressing emotion is Mm -hmm. because uh they feel that that transgresses his what's called his immutability his his unchangeableness right and um because for us that's often and a, a key example of how changeable we are right our mood swings we call them right (laughs) yeah um but that's where I think we we are we don't have a clear window into the heart of God. All mm-hmm. all we have is what Scripture is revealing to us. Right. But second, we can easily translate our experience with emotions onto God's, and that's not a, a one for one correspondence. Right. We operate from a sinful, broken state. Right. You know, we're re- for in Christ we're redeemed, but sin is still an active category. Right. right. And so that is not true with the Lord. Right. And, and so um, our, our own experiences are not the best window to interpret God's emotions. Right. Rather, Scripture right. becomes the best window. Right. Because all of our emotions are, yeah, as you said, all, all of our emotions are tainted with sin. But Jesus is, we're not. Right? Correct. In the same way that we, we, we would attribute to ourselves a sin nature, but Scripture is clear. That's not what Jesus had. Right. So like Jesus was because of his birth, because of the overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, um, his conception like he. So even when we see Jesus, I this is why this is why sometimes people like, well, Jesus turned the tables over and I'm like, whoa, 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 buddy, you are not (laughs) Jesus. So like if you walk into a place righteously angry and you start kicking stuff down, you need to be real careful because there's a very small chance that you actually have in yourself the moral high ground Yes. To do the things that Jesus did. Moreover, he was cleaning his own house. Correct. It that was his him. space. Right. That's not. Right. Agree. <laughs> totally agree. And that's. But that's this. This divide between the nature and the character of Jesus and and humanity. It, it's. I think it's meant to be dangerous enough to communicate. Well, you know, even what the prologue says. The the light has entered the darkness. Yeah. But the light was not tainted by the darkness, yeah. right? But, but the light did enter the darkness. Yeah. So like we we are dealing with perfection dwelling with sin. Yeah. And yeah. and in that it's going to be inherently messy. And so as we as we seek to sort of figure these things out, we need to be careful again to go by the biblical record to not shy away from what scripture is mm-hmm. attributing to Jesus. Um, but then to dig in a little bit more and say, okay, so what do we do with this then? Mm-hmm. If if this is true, how should we handle this? What do we do with this? So yeah, I thought it would be good to just do. Let's do, do kind of a, just a short dive into at least these three emotional positions that we see here, mm-hmm. and and just talk just briefly about mm-hmm. them. So we'll talk with the first one when he says, you know, well, I'm actually glad that I wasn't there mm-hmm. when it happened because this is going to be better. But he does say, I was glad. Now again, yeah. I don't think it's like a happy glad. Hey, I'm super happy this that I wasn't there. But he's he's saying, I you know, I kind of rejoice in the fact that I wasn't because this needs to happen. This has yeah. to happen. I'm going to show you yes. exactly what the power of God is. But we don't think of God as glad. Mm-hmm. Like if there's one, if you would have asked me when I was younger, uh, you know, explain to me what emotions God is. I would be like, um, mad, probably <laughs> at, me, at everybody, uh-huh. me particularly, probably. <laughs> 
um, sad, mad and sad. It's like uh, we joke, we have this painting uh, in the church that is like somber Jesus, <laughs> but we call him disappointed Jesus. The um, thing needs to come down. Because I, every time I walk by it, I just, I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like, it's not a frown, but it kind of is. It's, it's a bit of a stern look. It's a stern look. It's a stern look. And then you make eye contact and you're like, I know Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's a great it's, repentance picture. But it's a horrible <laughs> picture. <laughs> but this is, I mean, we're okay as human beings, as Christians, we are largely okay with the sadness of Jesus or the, mm. the, um, even the, the madness of God, the anger, like you said in the Old Testament, we are not very acquainted in our hearts with the gladness mm. of God. Right? Yeah. We see this like Jeremiah 32, um, even John, John 15, 11. I'll just skip yeah. over there. Yeah, right? I was just looking at that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's, so what's, what so, are we got I going mean, on there? Jesus, this, um, as he's talking to his disciples uh, about abiding in him and keeping his commandments, he says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy mm. may be in you mm. and that your joy may be full yeah. or complete. And so Jesus has a joy that he wants us to share in. Right. Like that is emotional. Mm -hmm. And and some will, some will kind of come back and say, well, happiness is emotional. Joy is a frame of mind. It's a contentment. And like, I don't, I don't think you've ever experienced joy. Like, like, like rejoice in the Lord yeah. is not this stoic yeah. approval of God. I this mean, is it's very enjoyable. Yeah. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We used to joke. I used to joke with some of my Presbyterian friends oh. who would sit there stoic. I was like, what do you mean? We're full of the joy of the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is an emotive thing. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, we see that in Christ, not only within him, but something he wants to invite us into. Hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeremiah um, thirty-two forty-one. I will rejoice over them to do what is good to them. I will plant them faithfully in this land with all my mind mm. and heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, re God rejoicing. What Zephaniah, where it says yeah. that the Lord is singing over his people. Like, mm -hmm. um, we have to attribute. Now, again, if you're like, those are anthropomorphic. Fine, they're anthropomorphic. But all anthropomorphic <laughs> means is we can't understand the depth to which he feels those things. Mm. Like, so if there's any, like, as we're talking about emotions with God, even if you want to ascribe it to anthropomorphism, you have to understand that this is something that we don't, we don't understand about God, but he can say definitively, I rejoice over my people. Like yeah. there is a joy and a gladness that we can't even comprehend that is perfect. Yeah. Uh, that God exhibits towards his people. So we shouldn't be afraid and i think we should lean in a little bit more to actually saying that god god has joy in his people and it's <clears throat> you you think of what are often called the communicable attributes yes, of god so right. the attributes that he shares with his creation with humanity versus the incommunicable which means mm -hmm. it sounds like a disease I mean, it's a really horrible <laughs> category um, but uh, the incommunicable, the ones that are unique to God, his exclusivity mm -hmm. right. and so on and so forth. Right. But love uh, is one of his communicable attributes. Right. Love is not only an action and a sacrifice mm -hmm. and a devotion and so on. It is also an affection. Right. It is a passion. It is an emotion. And praise God that it is and that the Lord feels it for his people yeah um and uh yeah that's just an incredible incredible truth of scripture that we really lose uh if, if we if we're afraid of 
this emotional category. Yeah, it's, and it's also good for us to understand in the context that Jesus is talking about the gladness. It's a very, it's a terrible situation. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. we look at the situation and obviously he runs the gamut of emotions as we've already yes. said, but to him, for him to say like, hey, I'm actually, this is, this is good that this happened. To, to be able to declare like the opportunity for this is, is worthy of gladness yeah. because the power of God is going to be made yes. manifest in this moment. Yeah. So it, it actually helps us understand that, that gladness God's gladness in general is really the only thing that allows, you know, God's love and his gladness mm-hmm. is the only thing that allows for us to experience salvation, mm-hmm. that he takes joy in his own people, right, yeah. whom he sets apart. And, and yeah. we should be thankful for that. We should be yeah. thankful that a, we have a God a that is glad to save us. A treasured possession. Right, not right? begrudgingly yeah. saving us. Yeah, right? that, that's, that's incredible. Oh, we should, but I just think, I think that's why... Why don't we think more of the gladness of God? I think mm. I think it's a. Well, we don't feel like we deserve it, so there's that. Well, there's and yeah, there's a, there's a there's an there's a degree to which that's true. Oh, of course, right? we, yeah. we understand In our that. sin. We don't, but we get again. We get, to, and I am not. I am pro systematic theology. I love theology. I'm not anti theology um, at all. However, <clears throat> when our commitment to when our commitment to um, just trying to understand it like an ed- educational mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. ends up trumping um, us pondering yeah. God's actual biblical position towards his people, mm-hmm. then it does get in the way, mm-hmm. right? It, it yeah. can get in the way of Absolutely. our of us experiencing what God intends for us to experience, yeah. to experience his gladness in us. And so, I mean, one of the reasons I love John Piper, honestly, is because, you know, and I know a lot of people don't like the Christian hedonism thing, I love the idea that like you're you're you have joy in yeah. knowing God and joy in making him known and joy in God's joy yeah. in saving you. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And and the fact that he's given us a whole chunk of scripture that is intrinsically emotional, the yeah, Psalms. For sure. You know, the whole range of emotion right. from lament and sadness to exaltation and gladness mm-hmm. uh, to anger and out outrage you know all of them many times in the same song exactly Mm -hmm. and and so like that's just an imprint you know Mm -hmm. i think of the divine in his human creation part of being made in god's image is that you know not only that we think but that we feel yeah and and that feeling the fact that god feels does not make him changeable it makes him a person (laughs) you know he is personal he's not this impersonal force like right. he interacts genuinely with his creation right and feels and and and, and thinks and acts yeah um, and that's the difference between like when we talk about the danger of eastern religions the danger of eastern religions is like they're the good and bad are all relative right yeah happy and yeah, sad yeah. are all relative yeah. you just want to come you want to be at peace with everything mm-hmm. and i'm like that's that's not actually inspiring Mm-hmm. It, it's not actually inspiring to take yourself to a place where you're just like nothing phases you. That's the, those the, that mindset and those those religious values. I hate because we know that that's not real. Yeah, it, and it it's not work. the way that we were created. Mm-hmm. And so when even when you meet people who are trying as far as much as they can to get into like the meditation and the you know like I'm I'm trying to be, you know become at peace with everything. It's like bro. Do you experience anything like? There's a lot we ought not to be at peace right, with about this exactly, broken world. Exactly, you know? it is uncomfortable. I mean, and and that's one of the things that um, uh, Matt Perman actually says. 
he describes it this way when he's talking about the happiness of God. The gospel is the gospel of the glory of the happy God. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that statement. And I think uh, we would do well to, to think about the gladness of God mm-hmm. as we think about God mm-hmm. and, and his emotions. And we see it in Jesus. So yeah. let's let's now move to anger. All right. right. So here's, here's just the quick, I'm going to do a 20,000 foot flyby here of, of anger. So there are obviously in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a there's a few different words mm-hmm. attributed to anger. So you've got like uh, one of them, which is like irritation. You get in like Deuteronomy 4, 1 Kings, pretty much all over 1 Kings, <laughs> which is more like a, a jealousy. It's an irritation when God's people fall for idolatrous substitutes, yeah. right? And it's warranted yeah. because he set them apart and they just keep making you know dumb decisions. Then you get this burning anger, mm-hmm. right? the off, which is mm-hmm. the... The nose. nostrils like yes. I do sometimes with my kids. Uh, <laughs> that's 80 times in the Old Testament, mm. right? The, and always in the context of disobedience, either disobedience on the part of Israel or sinners who are outside of, mm-hmm. of Israel who are just, you know, basically not paying attention to God. However, it attributed in, in many of those cases, we see even with that word, God is slow to that. Yes. Right. And many t- times God is slow to off. He is slow to flaring the nostrils like Psalm 145, Exodus 34, Numbers 14, mm-hmm. Nehemiah 9, 17, Psalm 86. Um, God does. Ex- God has a burning, righteous anger towards disobedience, but he's also slow to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. it's not like he just flies off the handle, yeah. which is yeah. another important, important uh, part. Uh, but then in the, in the New Testament, you've got like orge, uh, thymos, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the concepts there is like God's wrath remains on those who don't believe, John 3.36, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? Or um, uh, Colossians 3, um, right? That the, the wrath of God is stored up for those yeah. who disobedient to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the high-flying view of what we see in God's anger. But why is Jesus, right? Why is, why is he angry? here mm-hmm. in this moment yeah. when we think about the anger that's happening so we know that god is angry we know that god gets angry yes. right rightfully so mm-hmm. but what's happening here when when jesus is standing at the tomb and it says that he's you know he's angry angry in himself or he's he's uh, deeply, troubled deeply yeah. deeply troubled angry in spirit right. yeah and again I, I we touched a little bit on this earlier i don't think it's anger at the people in the story, but the situation that has brought them to this point, which again, some folks will say, well, he knew he was going to raise Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So clearly he wouldn't be weeping over Lazarus's death or whatever. I don't, I mean, I, I guess I don't see those as incompatible. Like the fact that he knows what he's about to do, um, doesn't insulate his heart from the need for doing it, mm-hmm. the grief, the the uh, the brokenness that he's watching these close friends experience, and and uh, again, I think of Hebrews uh, where we do not have a, a high priest who's unable to sympathize with us mm-hmm. in our weakness. Um, Jesus is willing to enter into that grief to feel what we feel because he is the one who's going to deliver us from all of that and. Uh, you know, you, you, you think of um, the way that death is characterized. And again, this is, we're looking at context here because mm-hmm. John doesn't come right out and tell us. Right. But mm-hmm. the way that death is characterized elsewhere in Scripture, it's this enemy yeah. that needs to be conquered. Right. And that it has been defeated 
at the resurrection mm-hmm. um, and will be the final enemy uh, w- when the Lord returns in, in 1 Corinthians 15 to be overthrown, that veil that lies over the earth like a, like a shroud, Isaiah 25. And, and, um, and, and so I, I, my sense, my best read on John 11 is that Jesus is angry at death, and it's a cause of death. I love how Paul Miller describes it, mm. um, and I, I quoted this in the sermon yeah. Sunday. But yeah. you know, he says he was steaming like a boiling pot <laughs> whose lid is about to blow off. Yeah. His anger and agitation boiled over into a stream of tears. Mm-hmm. Jesus was angry at death and its effects on those he loves. Death is not part of the beauty of life; it's part of the brokenness that love seeks to mend. Yeah, and so just that. Um, death is not the way it's supposed to be. Right. It is a blight on God's good design, and that makes Jesus angry, especially as he sees the effect that it has on those whom he loves. Mm-hmm. And, and to the point where he's not just feeling something about it, he also does, does something, something about, about it, it right? right? In this story, but ultimately through his own resurrection yeah. um, and, and the new life from above that he gives, like the yeah. fact that everyone who believes in him will never die, and whoever you know, lives and believes in him shall never... Uh, shall live forever? It's something, forever. yeah. yeah. 20, it's 11, 25, and 26. <laughs> Whatever he says there, right? It's uh, it's really much more eloquent than what I just Here, I'll say quoted. it. Let's Thank you. It. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Do yeah. you believe this? Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So that's that's just incredible. Um well, and he gets the keys, right? Yes. I mean, that's the whole point. Like he, he has and, the keys of life and, and death. Th- theologically, he doesn't have them yet, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like so, like when the, I, th- I think that inter- that interplays there too. Like he, but also, I mean, obviously, there's emotion in the Garden of Gethsemane as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and that's maybe a harder one to deal with because why does Jesus keep going? Like, are are we sure about this? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and and then you know this. This is what I'm. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But then it's through that that he takes those keys back from the from the guy who thought he had it all wrapped up, mm-hmm, right? So then mm-hmm. Jesus takes those keys back, the keys to to death and hell, and mm-hmm. then he's he's the one who's able to set free, yes, his people. Yes. So, um, but this is this is prior to that, right? So mm-hmm. he's he's showing that he has the power over life and death, but there's a he's still got to conquer the enemy. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's I think you're right. I think it's warranted that there would be an anger there that this is that this is a thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the other part is that you know there's another. I always say this, but there was another person acting in the fall of man. I mean, there was there was an, there was a very active enemy yeah. that Jesus yeah. still has, and I don't feel like there's an amicability there. Mm-hmm. No, right? not at all. <laughs> no, and and it, it it's a good reminder that. Uh, Jesus is not just angry at sin. Mm-hmm. He's angry at the effects of sin. Correct, yes. And um, angry enough, loving enough, mm-hmm. righteous enough to do something. To do something about it, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and so here's... here's which, which one, one, one yeah, more ahead. quick thought, which helps remind us that his anger is part of his love. Like, yes. and I think we can overlook yep. Two that. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. It, it's his love for his people that moves him to anger toward sin or yeah. anger toward death uh, and toward the effects of sin. And so it, that's a helpful thing for us to remember. And, and it's easy, you know, 
as a parent to get that. Uh, that's exactly what um, I was going to say. We'll say it then. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, the, that, that coin comes out in parenting. Like, yeah. Now, it doesn't come out perfectly again because we're not Jesus. Yeah. But when you love someone so passionately, you want the best for them, and you see them willfully walking away from the best for mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. being disobedient and living in sin... It is right for you to be angry. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm all like if a parent's like, well, what can I do? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe get a little bit frustrated at it. Yeah. I mean, like you can't. Or angry at those who would move in to right. take advantage or right. to lead astray or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be an anger at your, like, I would think most of us as parents, I mean, now there are some parents who get mad at their kids, mm. but I think most of the root of the anger is I'm mad that they're I'm mad that they're not receiving right now what I know that Jesus wants for mm. them. Like mm-hmm. they they are they are willfully ignoring yeah. the goodness of God for yeah. their own pleasures. You're not you're not so much mad at them as you're mad that they can't see sure what they're yeah. missing, and so you're angry at the devil. You're angry at yeah. sin you're angry at the like you said you're you are angry at the people who are leading them into that and mm-hmm. um but that's that's because you love them yeah i, I yeah. think it's actually it it always bothers me um when i see people like that's like well i'm just gonna you know god will do what he wants and i'm not really worried about it it's like how are you not worried about it like i i yeah. don't i don't understand how those things can coexist yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good point. I think I think you make a good point. Those are the same things. However, the one thing that we do have to address um, uh, with the anger is that only only Jesus, only God has the truly holy anger. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Be, and, and that's where that's where we tend to get ourselves into trouble. Totally. Like I said earlier, like, well, if Jesus went into the temple and turned over tables and fashion whips, I can get on social media and say whatever the heck I want about <laughs> church and the government and people who don't believe the same thing as me. You know, I don't know why. I'm not trying to... I'm not... It feels, feels like I'm making fun of Southern people. I'm not. I just... That's my go-to <laughs> that's your, angry that's voice. That's your, your angry American voice. I guess. I don't know. Um, well, and, and to that exact same point, I think of James, right? Mm. Um mm-hmm know this brother or my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, mm-hmm. slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Right. If there were one verse that we do not believe in our day and age, <laughs> yes, we do believe that the anger of man produces the righteousness oh, yeah. of God. And, and we're, you know, when, when you, when we operate in a culture that traffics in outrage, like it's a currency that, that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that is that is one of the least believed verses in our day and age, um, and yet it's so true. When has our anger, even well-intended anger, mm. even righteous anger, mm. um, when has it ever persuaded somebody or produced holiness or yeah. joy yeah. or whatever? You know, the and, and again, it's the anger of man here. Right. So he's talking right. about right. fleshly anger, right? Um. But uh, even in our best efforts of holy anger, we don't really accomplish the righteousness of God in well, those scenarios. There's a reason why there's a reason why anger is associated with a foothold mm. for the devil, mm-hmm. and the reason is it does not take long for a sinful human being to move from a righteous anger to the feeling of like it. Listen, 
If you're listening, you may think I'm a monster when I say this, and perhaps you're right. <laughs> Sometimes when I get angry about stuff, if, if you get me going on, like, you know, some political stuff, uh-huh. and I start to, like, have this, I, I start with, well, the Bible and people are ignoring God and stuff. Then you start feeling really good oh, about yeah. what you're saying. Oh, yeah. And then you start feeling like, yeah, God needs me <laughs> to enter into this because nobody's saying anything about this. So I need to go harder. But then the harder you go, you almost get this dopamine rush oh, totally. from your anger. And that's... That's so dangerous. That it is, well, it's super dangerous. But that's when, when the Bible talks about anger being a foothold for the devil, mm. we have to be infinitely careful that what we perceive as righteous anger does not turn into a, a satisfaction. Yes, a self-righteous anger, but even a satisfaction with the emotion itself. Uh, That's the difference. That is the difference between our emotions and, you know, even Jesus. I don't believe that Jesus in the moment is getting a dopamine rush from the sadness and from the gladness and from correct. the anger. We do, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it stimulates in us the, that that sinful because it's not gone mm-hmm. like it's this has has to do with like you know sin nature and does you know what what does the Holy Spirit do in us and stuff it's clear that the sin nature still hangs around we still have to yeah. fight it off as Owen says we still have to weed the garden um, so when we enter into if we let that if we let the devil get a toehold mm-hmm. in that rock face you know by by a little chip of anger. Yeah. That can quickly turn into something completely unrighteous yeah. in the under the guise of, well, I am, I have the biblical high ground, or I yeah. have God's heart on this. And it's we we can't do that because we don't have we don't have that type of anger. Yeah. We have yeah. a completely different category yeah. of anger. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um but then the the, the third emotion that uh that really, this is the one that maybe grips us the most because this is the one that's most uh, exposited when we see this passage. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus wept. Yeah, right. The sadness of of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this in the Old Testament though, like Jeremiah eight, um, th- eight and nine is the the sadness of God over His people's sin, or Hosea eleven mm-hmm. is another one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire Old Testament is God is angry, but He's also sad. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're my you're my possession. I you know you were destitute and naked, and I picked yeah. you up and yep. dressed yep. you up and. Um, you know, God is the God who weeps, which mm-hmm. is a little uncomfortable for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and it, one of the things I think that one of the many things that makes Christianity unique in some ways that, again, that God enters into our grief. He mm-hmm. enters into our pain. He isn't sitting there from some safe distance on high in a sterile environment, just kind of issuing edicts and, and you know, whatever. Right. Um, just as he gets his hands dirty in creation, forming man from the, the dust of the earth, uh, he gets his his hands dirty, his heart dirty, as it were, not that God can sin or da da da. Yeah, you know, know, you get what I mean. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Yeah, I, it's yeah. It's a metaphor. Um, but he 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 enters in mm-hmm. and, and again he feels in uh, he feels things about his people. Mm-hmm. And sin breaks his heart. Um, and its effects break his heart just mm-hmm. as, uh, and, and that anger and that grief are, are also in many ways, two sides of the same coin of, of, uh, love. Right. Um, and, and so the grief over the situation, uh, I think is parallel with the anger over the situation. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Well, and it sets the character of God when we see these emotions displayed in, you know, 
the Savior in, in the Trinity, it, it sets Christianity over and against every other worldview, mm-hmm. right? Like even think about the ancient Near East period. Like none of these other gods that were the, the, lo- the local gods, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. Chemosh, Baal, like, mm-hmm. or even Greek mythology. Capricious. The, mm-hmm. the emotion was always capricious. Yeah. It was always a very human type of tainted yes. anger. But then if you look at the, the, um, the Eastern mysticism, it's mm-hmm. life is suffering. Buddhism, the whole thing of Buddhism, again, is life is suffering, Mm-hmm. like we just you just uh, you just deal with it and you transcend the suffering but the beautiful thing about scripture is there it's not a transcending the suffering it's an entering into yeah. the suffering with the hopes of redeeming it so that yeah. eschatologically we see no more tears exactly. no more suffering exactly. no more you know, all those things have have passed away because uh, God has won, right? Mm-hmm. So, but we don't, those things don't get removed. It's not an escapism. It's not yeah. a capricious uh, emotionalism, um, but it, it is a healthy emotionalism that's, that really is, again, based on uh, the character and the nature of, of yeah. God himself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things, in, even in the prologue, the, uh, you know, life was in him. So chapter one, John chapter one, verses four and five, life was in him. That life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Mm. And, and that's what we're looking at here. That mm-hmm. light, that yeah. pure emotion, that gladness, that, uh, that, you know, the righteous anger, the sadness, the, the, the compassion of his people, mm-hmm. the light came into the darkness, but it was not tainted yeah. by it. Right. Yeah. Um, it was not corrupted. It was compassionate. So mm-hmm. Jesus enters in, uh, perfectly in his emotions, mm-hmm. um, sympathizing with our weaknesses, as Hebrews says, right? Yeah, he, exactly. he knows he's, ex- he's seen how that is experienced, but he's experienced the perfection of those emotions, mm-hmm. right? The non sin tainted emotions. Yeah. So he is actually the only one who can enter in and redeem all those things that we just have shadows of. Yes. That we experience imperfectly, that mm-hmm. we experience tainted with sin. And he's the one who displays to us, this is actually you know, these things are given to us to m- really make sense of mm. the predicament that we're in. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. That's good. Um, Edward Clink says in a, in a commentary on John, which I, I love his commentary, it says, Jesus is the word who was with God, but also with his people in their time, experiencing the depth of their pain and weeping with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, like when we see the emotions of God, we are meant to be, um, have our, our, eyes and our hearts lifted well, to the, yeah. the character of God. And, and there's a there's an incredible comfort to know that the Lord gets it, mm-hmm. that the Lord has not left us alone in those moments where we feel abandoned mm-hmm. or we feel um, like, Lord, if you'd been here, yeah. none of this would have happened. Um, and yet the Lord enters into our grief and, and weeps with us. Mm-hmm. Like That's just incredible. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and, and so, you know, he weeps with us and, and there are times when he weeps over us, right? Yeah, sure. Um, you sure. know, you think of Matthew 23 and Jesus's oh, lament yeah. over Jerusalem, yeah. um, or, uh, he weeps for us in, in terms of, uh, you know, Matthew nine, where, um, you know, he sees, he's the crowds and mm-hmm. they're harassed and helpless and he has mm-hmm. compassion, like his yeah. heart is moved toward them in compassion, um, because the they've been they've been abandoned, right. or the exactly forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean they're they're 
they're they're completely mixed up with this stuff. They yeah. don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. And and that's just I mean understanding like I I think of Second uh, Corinthians, uh, chapter one. Mm. It's somewhere in the New Testament. As I'm <laughs> flipping here, um, but it's just this incredible like understanding the comfort of God in the mm. midst of our own affliction mm-hmm. and how that not only meets us but actually moves us. Yep. yep. Um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction Mm -hmm. so that we may be Mm -hmm. able to comfort those who are in any affliction Mm -hmm. with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite passages. Yeah, I mean that and that that communicates like at the end of the day, we're like, well, what do we do with all this? What do we do with the emotions of God? That's what we do. Yeah. Right. That we we realize that, you know, these things that happen that we experience in life, as much as we want to get away from them, they actually allow us to sit in the comfort of God as God's comfort enter, in, enters into those. When we were like, if you just would have been here, <laughs> none of this stuff would have happened. If you would have showed up when I wanted you to show up, I wouldn't have lost this person. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have lost this job or I wouldn't mm-hmm. have experienced this sickness. Like, why weren't you there? And he enters in not with condemnation, but with his comfort. Mm-hmm. And then we experience that. We experience that compassion. We experience his gladness. We experience yeah. the frustration and the anger of sin. But then we're able to enter into other people's yes. predicaments yes. with that same comfort. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the emotions of God and, and how that relates to us really is so that we can accomplish what it is that Jesus has commissioned us to accomplish yeah. in the first place yeah. is to make disciples, to, to, to share the gospel Mm-hmm. And, and the gospel is the gospel of a loving God, yeah. an angry God, a, a sad God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and all these things who enters into our predicament in order to save us, yep. right? And so I think, you know, we can, as you have listened to this and maybe listen to it again and start thinking like what, in what ways are we kind of ignoring, uh, you know, the emotional God mm-hmm. in, in our lives and, and how, what are some ways that we can, you know, lean more into experiencing that comfort that God gives to us through the gospel and then to then comfort others in their affliction yeah. as, as we share the gospel with them. So, amen. Cool, man. Well, if you have any questions, you want us to talk any more about uh, more in-depth things, you have some questions pursuant to any of these episodes, please reach out to us. You can email me at keithk at stonebridge.church. We'd be happy to uh, respond either by email or we could even just put a pod together to to talk about some of these things. So um, thanks for joining us and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Bye.